Hello, everybody. Happy holidays and welcome back to another episode of Perplexity, a mystery podcast. As always, I am your host, Kadra. I have a Christmas-themed episode for you guys today. Today, we're going to be talking about UFOs, but specifically UFO sightings around Christmas time. Because turns out, UFO sightings around Christmas, for some reason, are really common. So we'll get into some theories at the end as to what could be going on here. And then I'll also tell you guys a lot of different experiences. Very quickly, though, before we get into today's story, a couple of housekeeping things. Uh, First of all, if you are new here, I tell tales every single week that have perplexed me. So if that interests you and you love a good mystery that leaves you perplexed and leaves you wanting more, be sure to hit the subscribe button and the notification button, like this video if you're watching on YouTube, or if you're listening on a podcast platform, you can always add this show to your list. And if you enjoy, please leave five-star reviews on Apple. Apple Podcasts or Spotify, it helps so much. Speaking of reviews, I did want to shout someone out who was very kind and wrote out a review on Apple. So the Spookmaster said, good for light scares and good times. Love the general spookiness and you have a very pleasant voice. Thank you. Thank you for leaving that review. I really, really appreciate it. I don't think I have a trigger warning for today, which is surprising. I feel like I have them every episode, but if you don't like UFOs, then (laughs) don't listen to this. Uh, But the sources that were used for today's episode will all be available down in the show notes. Year after year, we have a Christmas tradition of driving around neighborhoods and seeing all those lights, taking in the scenery, and how great is it when Christmas decor is synced to music? We love our lights around the holidays, but what about lights in the sky? And why is it that UFO sightings are so common all around the world, particularly during Christmas time? Now, full disclosure, UFO sightings are most popular during the summertime, But if we isolate the events to just being on a specific day, they are the most common around Christmas Day. Now, I've talked about UFOs on the podcast before, but I haven't really talked about what makes a UFO a UFO, Uh, also known as a UAP nowadays. That's technically the more current term, but UFO is just ingrained in my lexicon. So uh, UAP is Unidentified Aerial Phenomena. And UFO, in case someone doesn't know, is Unidentified Flying Object. But I, you know, started to wonder what particularly makes a UFO a UFO. Like, what are the traits? What are the characteristics? And turns out there are what is known as the five observables. So I thought we would talk about those first before we get into the sightings. According to Luis Elizondo, a man who ran a small team for the U.S. Department of Defense, There are five common traits for UFOs when they're spotted. Luis has investigated military-based reports of UAPs, and he's basically compiled this report over the years from all of these sightings. So first is what Luis calls the anti-gravity lift. Unlike any known aircraft, these objects will defy the laws of physics on Earth with no visible means of propulsion. So it's moving, it's lifting, and you can't see like any turbines or an engine. 
They lack any wings, and they're often tubular or shaped like Tic Tac Mints. The second characteristic being sudden and instantaneous acceleration. So sudden increases in speed or changing direction so quickly, no human pilot could survive the G-force. The third characteristic of a UFO or UAP is hypersonic velocities without signatures. So at first when I read this, I was like, what does that mean? Don't worry, I've got you. This is when aircrafts travel faster than the speed of sound. They leave what is known as a signature, like vapor trails or sonic booms, but UFOs don't do this. They often don't have these signatures, they move super fast, and they leave no trail and make no sound. So they're like silent but deadly, you know? The fourth characteristic is low observability, also known as cloaking. Getting a clear or detailed view of these UAPs is often difficult and witnesses often only will see a glow or a haze around the object. And last but certainly not least, the fifth characteristic is what is known as transmedium travel. UAPs have been seen moving easily in and between different environments like space, Earth's atmosphere, and even water. So they can bop around to all these different atmospheres no problem. To recap, the five observables to keep in mind are anti-gravity lift, sudden acceleration, moving at hypersonic speed and leaving no signature, low observability, and transmedium travel. On Christmas Eve in 1971, 19-year-old Cheryl Costa, an airman first class assigned to the 1881st Communications Squadron at U.S. Air Force Base in Cam Ranh Bay, Vietnam, was walking west at about 11.30 p.m., down a road that would take her to midnight mass. So she's headed to a late night church service. And at this time, the sky was crystal clear. But suddenly, Costa saw a bright star-like object zoom from the north across the western sky. So at first, she thought this might be a meteor or a fighter jet. After all, she's at the Air Force Base. But then this bright light began to dance and dart around before heading south at a tremendous speed and then vanishing. Cheryl Costa was very perplexed by this and she ended up becoming a reporter when she got older. And in 2013, she published an article on Syracuse New Times recalling the details of her UFO encounter, along with a lot of other people's encounters around Christmas. She included the details of 17 UFO sightings all on or around Christmas Day. And while New York has tons of UFO sightings year-round, the sightings seem to skyrocket around the holidays. One of the most noteworthy sightings, according to Costa, comes from Christmas Eve and Christmas Day in New York from 2011. So we'll start on Christmas Eve and kind of go through a timeline. On Christmas Eve at about 7.30 p.m., several people in the Brewerton area described a yellow-orange fireball object flying east to west, very low in the sky. The sky was, again, very clear that night, similar to Costa's experience, and the object appeared to have helicopters following it. Suddenly, this fiery object appeared to come to a full stop 
before shooting up to the sky at a great speed and then vanishing. Just 15 minutes later, at around 7.45 p.m., a Northport resident observed a bright red object moving silently and slowly across the sky. The object was reported to have occasionally stopped in its motion just before disappearing. A lot of starting and stopping, extreme speeds, and sudden changes of direction, uh, shooting into different atmospheres, you know, shooting into the sky going really high. Classic descriptions of a UFO. Later around 9.30 p.m., a Long Island resident witnessed a rapidly moving formation of six orange fireball objects ascending. Then each of the fireballs would wink out one by one. That's how it's described in this article. So it's like it would twinkle and vanish. Around this exact same time, several families in New York City were all standing outside looking at the sky because they were looking at two bright orange fireball objects flying above them. The objects would fly for a bit, then they would stop and hover, and then they would fly some more. Finally, the fireballs stopped, and then they would just kind of hover there before disappearing. Not much longer later, another orange fireball UFO showed up, put on another little show, and then again vanished. At about midnight Christmas Eve, a resident of Bleecker reported that a bright red object moved rapidly across the sky. It did some stop and hover maneuvers just like the other UFOs, then moved on and, you know, just kept proceeding with its travel. The person who saw this said that there was local police responding to this and military presence shortly afterwards. So all of that happened on Christmas Eve throughout various parts of New York. And then Christmas Day, more stuff starts to happen. So Christmas Day at 7.30 p.m., three Holbrook residents were riding in a car on the Long Island Expressway when they saw four golden lights sitting in perfect alignment across the sky. They claimed that the lights were very bright, but when they pulled off at an exit, the objects were gone. Later that same day at about 11 p.m., a Wantag, it's W-A-N-T-A-G-H, sorry if I am saying that wrong, don't come for me. A Wontag resident heard a visiting friend exclaim, what the hell is that light? They went outside to investigate and found two huge, bright orange vertical cylinders directly above them traveling eastward. So they're similar color to some of the other sightings. They're tubular shaped, which is described in the five observables. And after a few minutes, the objects changed their orientation slightly before disappearing. These people reported their whole household felt really uneasy afterwards, which I feel like I would feel the same. It's always unsettling when you see something or hear something that you can't explain. At least it is to me. So to recap, seven separate sightings, all within two days, in various parts of New York, and a lot of these sightings involved groups of people. It wasn't just individual people calling in. I feel like that makes it more credible. These guys definitely saw something. There were also several more sightings in New York in 2012, and some others Costa mentioned went all the way back to 1999, but I just thought I would focus on these 2011 sightings since most of those seem to be really credible. But feel free to check out those other sightings in the show notes if you want to learn more. So now we're going to go to Canada. 
Similarly, in Winnipeg, Canada, there is a ufologist named Chris Rutkowski, and he's been studying holiday sightings for over three decades. Rutkowski is the head of Winnipeg-based ufology research, and a lot of his studies have focused on the phenomena of the influx of UFO sightings that happen around Christmas. According to Rutkowski, 75 known sightings have occurred on Christmas Day in this area. There's a common theme in these sightings of seeing floating red lights followed by a string of white lights. Some people have theorized that this could be Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, which I love. Rutkowski did note that there are still more cases in the summertime, but it's interesting that there's so many sightings, particularly on Christmas Day, Christmas Eve, and just after Christmas. Rutkowski told CBC, quote, most were simply lights in the sky, and yes, some were of a single red light flying overhead, followed by a string of others, but others did not seem to have a reindeer explanation, end quote. So one of the most famous sightings reported in Canada comes from 1996 in Yukon. This happened a few weeks before Christmas, though, on December 11th. But I thought it was relevant to mention because there is a Santa Claus element. So there's this man in Yukon that was watching TV when he noticed a long row of lights moving in the distance through the window. He thought it might be a 747 jet, but when he went outside, he realized that what he was looking at was making no noise. It was completely silent. He saw four big balls of light all in a row that were reddish yellow with a little bit of a blue hue to them. And on the outside of this row of lights were smaller lights that were orange and green. The man is like, what the hell is this? So he calls for his family and his partner and his kids run outside and they're, you know, looking around and their oldest kid, who was six years old, exclaimed that this must be Santa Claus and his reindeer. The lights continued to drift from left to right and they were flying pretty low, just above the tree line. There also appeared to be white sparkles dropping away from the base of the larger lights, which sounds like fairy dust to me or something enchanted. More than 35 other people reported this object as well. Later on, the Canadian Space Agency would claim a rocket booster was around the area, attributing these sightings to this. But I don't know. I like the Santa Claus and his reindeer story better. In Chilliwack, British Columbia, a UFO was seen Christmas night in 2008. Witnesses saw a star-like light, like a satellite, moving from south and traveling north. The object made loops and spins before going back south, and it was moving at this incredible speed because it was able to make these big loops from the northern part of the sky all the way to the southern part in just about 25 seconds. So I thought that one was cool because it's making like loop-de-loops. I haven't really heard that before. Again, in Canada, Christmas Eve 2010, there's a woman in Thompson, which is a city in north-central Manitoba, and this woman claimed to have seen three unexplained reddish-orange lights forming a triangle in the sky. These lights stayed for about an hour before the middle light of the triangle fell and vanished, followed by the others. Two years later, on Christmas Eve 2012, there was a couple driving near Canada, Ontario, and they saw a strange square-shaped object moving soundlessly in the distance. 
they pulled their truck over to watch it and see what was going on and the object stayed there for several minutes. This object also had glowing, pulsating red lights. In 2017, on Christmas Day, around 1.30 in the morning, a resident in Quebec saw a bright light like a photo flash floating towards the car. The object then flew directly over their car. The object appeared to be triangular and it had three turbines below it. The object got so close to this person's car that they could make out the turbine's spokes, which seemed to be made out of metal or steel. And when they tried to check out the object in the rearview mirror, it had vanished. One thing I do want to say about this one is that it has turbines, which would explain how it's propelling. This could have been something else, but still thought that was interesting, especially with like the, the photo flashing characteristic of it. In Canada, there's around 900 to 1,000 UFO reports every year, and many have simple explanations, but according to Rutkowski, there are some unusual cases that simply do not. One example comes from Resolute Bay, Nunavut, which is in Cornwallis Island, Canada. December 31st, 1997, there was this bright white light that was seen moving north about 122 meters up and moving between 645 to 800 kilometers per hour. According to the region's airport manager and witnesses, including meteorological technicians, nothing flew around there at that speed. And they all saw it too. Um, this object was also flying at 3 a.m. They also explained they would be aware of anything flying in that area. So similar to New York and Canada, there have also been many sightings in New Zealand. In New Zealand, there's a pretty well-known sighting that has become known as the Kaikoura Lights. That happened in 1978. The crew of a cargo aircraft saw a series of strange lights flying around their plane for several minutes just before disappearing, then reappearing. The lights varied significantly in size, with some being small and others being as big as a house. But all the lights were incredibly bright and were flashing. So then a week goes by and there's this television crew that's from Australia and they're flying to Christchurch when they see and they record what appears to be these same lights. One of the lights even followed the aircraft for such a long time, it followed it right up until it started to land. So the New Zealand Ministry of Defense gets involved because they're so concerned as to what these lights could be. They do this whole investigation, but the mystery of the Kaikoura lights remains unsolved. And there are many other stories that I could tell that have come from England, Germany, and more, including ones where people believe they saw Santa and his sleigh, but I think you get the idea. So let's get into some theories as to what could be causing all of these sightings. Similar to a lot of theories around UFO sightings, a lot of people think it could be military drones or planes, some type of government experiment. Other sightings have been attributed to rockets. There was that sighting in Canada where the Canadian Space Agency later claimed a rocket booster was around in the area and they attributed the sightings to that. And there's definitely been other stories before of UFOs being attributed to government experiments similar to all the things that we've talked about just briefly going on in Utah, like Skinwalker Ranch, 
Um, there's also Area 51 there, and government experiments have gone on there before. They put things up in the sky all the time. So who knows? You know, the government keeps things from us all the time, and so does the military. They could be doing experiments with different technology that we don't know about. We always have to consider that possibility. But one of the main theories I wanted to talk about is that around Christmas time, there's also this theory that what we're seeing in the sky could be because of different light shows and Christmas lights that people are displaying. An example of this would be when a series of strange lights was seen over Wisconsin in December 2022. So this was very recent. And this sighting was later attributed to searchlights that were being used at the Holy Cross Church's Christmas display that year. The church's searchlights were right in the line of sight of these sightings. Witnesses who saw these UFOs or UAPs claimed that they saw bright orbs that seemed to glide through the clouds. Photos were even captured and posted on Twitter, so I'll put those on the Instagram post and in the YouTube video because I was able to find the photos and watch the video for myself. And according to investigator and columnist Mick West, the lights came from these searchlights at the church based on them being in the line of sight. West even included maps illustrating why he so strongly believed this. He also explained from a distance, all you see are the spots of lights moving in the clouds. The motion following music that was broadcasted on the radio and following long and complex sequences. However... There has been a lot of skepticism around this. Former FBI agent Ben Hansen explained his skepticism on Twitter, saying, quote, this doesn't add up. The Flanders Christmas display is 12.5 miles from the witnesses. The family told us they use 380 DMX party lights. This video is the house recorded from two miles. Do we really need to go back 10 more miles? Not to mention, the pattern does not resemble what was captured on camera, nor are beams visible whatsoever in the witness videos. This demo was recorded under similar conditions at 10.50 p.m. You may feel this case is solved, but we still have work to do." End quote. And I agree. When I saw the video of these UAPs, I was like, there's no way this could be from spotlights. So what you see in the video at first, I'll go ahead and just describe it to you, is these four white lights and three of them are like perfectly in a line with each other. And then there's like this slight gap and there's a fourth light on the right hand side of the frame. The four white lights look almost like falling stars, but they're heading horizontal in this perfectly straight line. They're fairly spaced out from each other. And then all of a sudden, this fifth light shoots out from the side where the three lights are, and it quickly speeds up and joins the other lights. And then the lights also start to kind of bob up and down across the sky, and they disappear quite quickly. So it doesn't seem like spotlights to me personally. But if you watch the video, let me know what you think. And finally, I wanted to end with this famous sighting out of Suffolk, England. This is one of the most famous UFO sightings in history, and it took place in December. So about 40 years ago, in a remote forest in Suffolk, England, a man named Vince Thurkettle was chopping wood early in the morning. It was late December 1980 when a car suddenly drove up. He wasn't expecting any company and outstepped two men, aged about 30, both wearing suits. 
One man, in a well-spoken English accent, asked Thurkettle if it was all right if they asked him some questions. So Thurkettle said, yeah, that's fine. Just a few days prior, on December 26th and 28th, the United States Air Force Security stationed at Rear RAF Woodbridge. I don't know if it's RAF or RAF, because it's just RAF in all caps. But the U.S. Air Force had reported in this area that they saw strange lights in the surrounding forest. So that's what these two men were inquiring to Thurkettle about because he lived in this area and there's not a lot of people that live around there. The men were polite, according to Thurkettle, but they were asking a lot of questions and they also didn't identify themselves. They continued to ask Thurkettle if he had seen anything strange outside on the previous night. And he said he had not. Then the men explained that there had been a report of some red lights in the forest. After asking all their questions, they left, and Thurkettle was like, you know, I wonder what that was all about. So he continued to check the paper every day, expecting to find some kind of explanation, but he never saw anything. That is, until three years later, when the sighting wound up in the news of the world. And it was the front page story titled UFO Lands in Suffolk, and that's official. The story got their information from RAF or RAF Woodbridge Deputy Base Commander Lieutenant Colonel Charles Halt to the Ministry of Defense after the information was released by the U.S. government. So Lieutenant Halt described an encounter with an apparent UFO in the forest, and since then, the sighting has been both speculated and celebrated among UFO enthusiasts and skeptics. And today, the Rendlesham Forest, where this took place, even has a UFO trail that you can tour, complete with a life-size replica of a flying saucer. Gotta love capitalism. They make everything into a business. UK authorities claim they had no idea about the sighting in Rendlesham Forest until they saw the memo in the news all those years later. But the memo wasn't written until after Vince Thurkettle received a visit from these two strange men. So this would indicate someone must have told the men what was going on before. And only after the men visited Thurkettle were rumors spreading in the area about UFO sightings. Vince eventually figured out where the sighting took place, but being country born and bred, he claimed everything appeared normal. So he goes to this area and he's looking around, and this is how he would describe what he saw. Quote, It was an absolutely normal glade in the forest with three rabbit scrapes, and they're all carefully marked. That happens to be roughly in a triangle. I mean, there was a ring of sticks around it, marking it. And I think fair dues to the Americans. If they'd been out at night and saw a light and came back in daytime looking for something... I could totally understand why they said this must be it. It was a completely natural glade, and they've said things like, there were broken branches. Well, the forest is full of broken branches. They saw burn marks on the trees. They said, obviously, there's heat radiating out from the spacecraft, and it burned these trees. But it wasn't. It was one of the rangers, Bill Briggs, with an axe. End quote. So Thurkettle's not buying this whole thing, and he theorized that it was a beam from a nearby lighthouse that people had seen that night. 
The sighting allegedly was in the only part of the forest where it's possible to see the Orfordness Lighthouse. And this lighthouse has since been torn down, so the lights in Rendlesham Forest remain a mystery. And the other mystery about this is, who were these two mysterious men? There have been people who believe that Vince was visited by none other than men in black. Journalist and academic Dr. David Clark believes it's most likely, though, Thurkettle's visitors were local newspaper reporters who had possibly learned of the incident from local police. You know, if it's a small town, people talk, people get curious. But they were both in nice suits. Um, maybe they wanted to appear official and then just get the gossip. Or maybe they were trying to keep something under wraps. However, the original sighting, which allegedly came from the United States Air Force security guards, has not been fully explained. One of the guards who claimed they saw this UFO that night was John Burroughs. He claims he first saw a beacon in the distance in the forest that had green, red, orange, and white lights. So him and his friends headed that way to investigate when they suddenly saw a white light silently explode and then a red oval sun-like object appeared in the clearing. The object then lifted up through the trees and shot back towards the coast. John Burroughs recently published a new book weaponization of an unidentified aerial phenomenon, in which he outlines research that he says shows the incident was caused by experiments and harnessing energy fields in the forest. Burroughs claims that the lighthouse was emitting these electromagnetic frequencies towards Rendlesham Forest in order to study the energy field for different applications, including military use. Burroughs figured it was some sort of plasma that could be a form of intelligence. And when the memo of the sighting became public, none of the radar stations reported anything unusual on their logs over Christmas holiday. There was nothing seen on the radar of any kind. There are other people who believe the U.S. may have recovered a Russian satellite and that this sighting had something to do with Americans or the Russians or the Cold War. Others have pointed out how little information there is about this incident to the public eye. Perhaps there's some type of conspiracy or big cover-up going on. It seems not all of these sightings from around the globe can be so easily explained. It's also still unclear what's causing an uptick of sightings around the holidays. But whatever the case, these stories are certainly perplexing. And those are just some UFO sightings from around Christmas time. So what do you guys think about all these UFO sightings? Do you think that they have any credibility? Do you have any theories about why there are more UFO sightings around Christmas time? Have you ever seen a UFO or seen one on Christmas? <laughs> Let me know. I would love to hear your UFO stories if you have one, and you can always send listener stories to me in my Instagram DMs, or you can email me at perplexitymysterypodcast at gmail. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, tell your friends, tell your family, tell the world, get on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and leave a five-star review. You all are amazing. I hope you have a great week and I hope you all stay safe. I will talk to you next week and be sure to tune in next week because I'll have another Christmas episode and you don't want to miss it. Bye.